Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed's weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba to news. Scuba Obsessed episode 139 is recorded live November 22nd, 2012. Thanksgiving. back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson, and we'll talk about a few things, including the few of these following stories. We have uh, a deadliest catch, vehicles recovered, and a wreck off Key Largo. But before we get started, I'd like to welcome my co-host for this week. We have Jim Schultz, all the way from the East Coast. How are you doing today, Jim? I am doing just great, Darren. My glass is full, my bladder is empty, my battery is charged, and I'm ready to go. Uh, you can't ask for much more than that, other than 70-degree weather and a great place to dive. Well, it was in the uh, mid-50s here on the East Coast, near New- in New Jersey today, and not a bad, bright, sunny day. I'll go test the waters out tomorrow. Excellent. Yeah, we can't complain too much about the fall we've had so far as far as temperature. It's been a been a little bit warmer than what I remember some of the falls of the past being. So hopefully everybody is having an excellent holiday. Today in the U.S. it is Thanksgiving. Every place else I think it's a work day. They probably had to go into work while we stuffed our face with uh, the traditional turkey fixings and family. So did you get to, what, what's the, the dish of choice? Is it turkey at your family? It was traditional turkey today. Excellent. Went to my brother-in-law's house and he was hosting his wife's family, which are people that I've known and grown up with. Uh, actually, they grew up kitty corner for me. I've known that family all my life. It's one of the strange things about living in small town is how interrelated the families are <laughs> without being, uh, I don't want to insult any of our <laughs> listeners. <clears throat> so, so you're saying you're trying not to mimic mountain folk. <laughs> Correct. Uh, let's just say we all grew up in the same neighborhood and all went to the same church and, uh, you know, just seemed to marry nobody's cousins, but uh, all all like one big family. Yeah, they, no complaints with that. We had uh, Thanksgiving here at the house. This is the first year we've actually entertained everybody over. We've had Thanksgiving last year at home because my wife's family, they always do Thanksgiving early. It's usually like a Saturday or two before. And then uh, my parents did it a, a weekend later last year So because my sister was coming to town. So we were actually home on Thanksgiving. And then this year we said, hey, why don't we have people come over instead of going someplace? So that's what we did. And that worked out pretty nice. It's uh, I, I could get used to not going anywhere. <laughs> it's, I, I kind of like the being lazy part. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a good holiday. That's something about Thanksgiving. It's just you know an excuse for gluttony. Yeah, yeah. There's not a whole lot. I mean, you're not not out having to buy gifts or look for gifts or wrapping stuff up at least yet. So it's a it's a fairly simple holiday. It's not doesn't have to be too crazy unless you want it want it to be. So, but it does fall on Thursday, which is the podcast night. So that gives us a good excuse to digest some of that meal and talk about some diving. We can do that. So what we'll do is we'll paste into the chat room. They get to follow along our first article up this week. 
And this first one's called Antigua's Deadliest Catch. It's a very interesting article for those who take the time to read through it. Like much other information that's out there, it's, uh, you know, overfishing, over abusing the environment, now causing divers to go deeper to get their catch. Yeah. So, so the gist what deeper water does. Yeah. So the the gist of the article is that uh, the local islanders for years had been making money off the sea, off the natural resources that are there, and one of them was conch diving. So in the early days, as recently as 20 years ago, they were able to get to the conches. I think that's plural. Is, is that plural for for the the shells conches, or is it just conch? Uh, it's your show. You make it. <laughs> we can make it up. So I'm going to call them conscious. So you could go out for the shells, and it was shallow enough they could just do a quick surface dive. Well, what has happened is for them to make a living, they've had to step it up a little bit, and they're getting into situations which is actually causing some problems. They're uh, going deeper than 30 feet. Uh, they, they have to, in some cases, go 60 feet. At 130 feet, where many conch divers go, you can only have a few minutes, as uh, we're aware of with the uh, the tables if you're just breathing on air. And what is happening is because they aren't properly trained, they're coming down with decompression sickness. Uh, part of the problem with that is is they also don't have the facilities down there to really help them. Neither do they have the money to uh, go through the help. It says an international air ambulance company has been quoted as charging $25,000 to uh, get somebody from the Caribbean to a uh, decompression chamber. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But, yeah, you know, if you consider, well, I don't know what they're making for their diving, but that uh, wouldn't surprise me if that's a couple of years worth of salary or more. Uh, certainly. I, I think that's what it would have to be. Uh, if they're taking the risk and they're not getting properly certified, that that probably mean to indicate that they're not raking it in. So that, that's kind of been a theme over the years of the show. Is that uh, seems like, oh, I hate saying third world com- countries, but uh, locations where maybe education isn't the best and people aren't being properly trained in general are running in these situations where they're diving and they don't have that, that training that they need to dive safely. Yeah, that's a shame. So uh, this next one kind of fits in with Thanksgiving, at least it's talking about eating or eventually being eaten. There is a farmer claiming that by having his pigs dive, they actually produce better bacon. I can see where it would be a little bit cleaner, <laughs> and they might uh, actually be a little more um, a little more meat on the bones if they're uh, having to swim around and get some good exercise and then climb up that ramp and yep. jump off again. There's a video here, so we'll also call this one the video of the week. But this farmer, he has got this, it's kind of like a chute. It's about 10 feet up over the water. And the pigs go through the chute. And if you happen to catch it in the video, I don't think they're necessarily on their own deciding that they would naturally walk down this chute. But then they get to the end of the chute and then they jump in the water. And pigs do swim. And they're swimming. They get they can get their nose up above the water uh, pretty effectively then swim back in. And you see it going on for a few times. But... Uh, uh, he says that he believes that the activity helps them eat more food, grow stronger, and improve the quality of meat, which uh, yep. seems reasonable. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. He's, he's also saying that uh, he sells the pigs for three times their normal price. And on top of that, the uh, diving has become a spectacle. So he's become a tourist attraction. So you can't beat that. Well, if he's collecting from the tourists also, plus the pigs, that's a win-win. I wonder if they have, like, snacks there when you're watching. Do they have, you know, like bacon on a stick or ham kebabs? Ham kebabs. This next one is talking about a local company 
in California and how they have grown from just a small operation. Uh, they make uh, dive lights and also likes for lights for bikes and how they've been able to grow their business here in the United States. So they went from just a handful of employees to just over 30. They started in 1989 in Palo Alto. company's products has been uh, all over the world, they say. Let's see, what's one of their products? There was one, I, Somewhere in here they had, uh, the company's called uh, Light in Motion, and they said the biggest growth has been in the, the was it LED lights that they're saying there? I'm trying to catch up to it now. Yeah, they said the, uh, their their very first light was a scuba dive video light. It was a bulky contraption he describes as essentially a motorcycle battery with a rubber boot around it. If as you walk through their uh, place of business, you go down the wall and you see they get more sophisticated, robot like. Some of the underwater castings resemble Wally from the Pixar film. One video is of an, a waterproof vibrator immersed with a fish. That dive spot in Indonesia. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. He said that they, they had some other products that they did. Yeah. A waterproof vibrator. Yep. So it was that was. Are there uh, any photos to tell us what kind of vibrator? I gosh, I hate to say people search on the internet, but uh, uh, it's a sex toy line called Crave, and, that, and that's what got him in. They they said that one of the founders, a serial entrepreneur, uh, he also started a luxury sex toy line called Crave. And that uh, they married the two together and was able to take a video of it. Hmm. Uh, my mind is running places that I shouldn't let my mouth follow. So, <laughs> so just just let uh, everyone absorb that, and we'll we'll head on to the next one. Yeah, underwear dive lights, deep canyons, low visibility. Mm. And then we go to vehicles being recovered from a mesa pond. Uh, this was. Let's see, where is that? Bellingham. You just got right off of that last topic very quickly, didn't you, Darren? Just move right along. Yes, yeah, we, we got we to gotta keep things going. You know, if we, if we good, let it go. Good move. Good move. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, yeah. yeah the, the, we'll we, linger on another topic. Yeah, we, 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 can, we can come back to that. It's, you know, I expect people in the chat room will have, uh, have done some Googling and some search, and they'll recommend all sorts of products. Like maybe the vibrator yeah. needs the light built in or something. If we know the chat room, I'm sure they're going to do something like that with vibrator lights and cameras all together. Mm-hmm. Yep. So on the underwater vehicles. Underwater vehicles. Okay, let me catch up to you here. <coughs> Bellingham. Let me. I think the first thing we got to figure out is where Bellingham is. Bellingham, Washington. So in Bellingham, Washington, uh, they've been pulling water out of a lake. Mesa Pond. Well, yeah. They, yeah, they, they said that what first tipped them off that there were vehicles down there was uh, a fisherman saw the back end of a Cadillac Escalade 15 feet below the surface last winter. So I'm, I'm taking that. Either they were on the water and it hadn't froze over or they were actually ice fishing and then noticed it down below, which would be possible. And they said while recovering that vehicle, a few more were found since then. Brown said he's gone out to the pond a few times to train with a SARBOT and search for more vehicles. The main purpose is to set up rescue missions where somebody's missing in the water, but he said the device is also useful in underwater property recovery. He says they had used it to find other vehicles, a Lincoln Navigator, a Ford F-150, Chevy S-10, arranged around the pond. Their locations are marked with pink arrows painted on pond steep stone cliffs. Hmm. So it must be when they, they, they go out there with the uh, robot and then they mark the spots where it is. Uh, they're presuming that many of these were insurance claims. 
Some were reported as stolen more than 10 years ago. They said when they pulled them out, some of them are on their sides, rusty and blistered in the undercarriage with more than a decade underwater, clearly seeable uh, once they're winched ashore. The, their paint is dulled, their windshields are smashed in, upholstery is stained with mud. The one thing that they've noticed is that many times the tires look like they're brand new. Mm. That tells you how long they've been, uh, what kind of shape they're in before they went in. So this last time they were there, they said they were able to pull three vehicles out. Oh, they were only able to. They were expecting to do more. Uh, Brown says he was happy with the accomplishment, and their only payment was food and drink provided by Walmart and Coca-Cola of Pasco. Oh, that's, that's more than we get for some of our dives. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, we have to bring our own car home, Coca-Cola and food. Yeah, yeah we, that certainly. Yeah, a few recovery dives where we've done that. Then here's a, gosh, this, this next recovery dive had a few more things and you know, had a little bit different type of Coke. The Windsor Star. Yep. So they found a corpse. Was in Windsor, Ontario? Yes, I believe so. Oh, reef in the Pacific. Yep. They said they found a corpse in cocaine valued at $120 million on an abandoned yacht in a reef in the Pacific. Uh, the body of a man was badly decomposed, and it was discovered by two uh, divers last week. They were aboard a 42-foot yacht, J. Rive, uh, which was set f- sent from Ecuador three months before laden with 204 one-kilogram blocks of cocaine. It was believed the boat was bound for Australia with two men from Eastern Europe aboard. A team of investigators, including U.S. Drug Enforcement agents and Australian police, had reportedly been following the vessel uh, when they lost track of it on October 5th. The yacht was found a month later on a toll uh, near the capital of Tonga. This is certainly a mysterious ending, said the police commander. We need to put the puzzle together in the middle. Potentially there's an incident on board the vessel. There's been more than an incident. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. 204 blocks of one kilogram blocks of cocaine not 205 <laughs> but 204 yeah Does that seem a little suspicious that it would be you know 204 i don't wonder if maybe some of that that uh well that's what they've recovered let's just say that way yeah yeah they've, they've recovered that i'm kind of is a one kilogram block of cocaine worth five hundred thousand dollars uh, if I don't do, know. If you do the math, I mean that's a that's a heck of a lot of money for a kilogram. Of course, I have no idea what any of this stuff goes for. Right. I mean, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, another wreck. This one had been in the water just a little bit longer. This is a follow-up to an article we did uh, several several weeks ago. There's a wreck called Mike's wreck, not Max, but Mike's. This is off Key Largo. This one has some nice photos. I'll give it to the chat room as well. And they said for uh, the the wreck had been there over 100 years. It was a 315-foot-long ship that sat six miles off the Key Largo in Florida. It was nicknamed Mike's Wreck, but had been unidentified and largely neglected. The wreck had served as a playground for fishers and divers, but little else. Now, thanks to the National Association of Black Scuba Divers and NOAA's uh, Office of National Marine Sanctuaries, they think they've identified the wreck. The wreckage is believed to be that of Hannah M. Bell, a British steel-hulled ship built in 1893 that sank in 1911. Prior to that end, it had uh, traveled between ports in Europe, South America, Caribbean, both east and gulf coast of the U.S., typically transporting raw materials such as cotton, sugar, and coal. Uh, they use techniques similar to the way detectives use forensic information to solve a crime. A crime. Uh, they compared the dimensions and uh, construction characteristics 
locally known as Mike's Wreck with historic shipping records in order to solve the mystery. Measurements of the ship and records uh, for Hannah M. Bell were virtually identical as uh, and were reported sinking in the location and actual location of the wreck. Uh, the vessel is one of many that run aground in Florida shallow reef. Wreckage from the USS Arkansas and city of Washington ships also lie nearby. So it went down exactly where they said it was. It's exactly <laughs> the same size as they said it should be. Yeah. Carrying, you know, they didn't say anything about cargo, but, uh, you know, it sounds like one of those that walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. It must be a duck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does, uh, it does seem to make that connection. <laughs> so if you go through the bottom of the article, there's a slideshow, and you can see some different shots of it. And it's a, a pretty splayed out wreck there. But that had been fun working on it. It's good, a good exercise. So do you think that's more of a case that they really discovered it or somebody just actually took the time to do the research to put everything together? I think they probably said, hey, you know, we got a report that a wreck went down here. Let's measure it and see if it matches up. And, you know, maybe it matched up a little good, a little better. I, I can understand why people would do that. Yeah. It's kind of what we're doing with Max Wreck is looking at what fits the measurements and what reportedly went down in that area and what can we find about it. Oh, okay. Well, I think, did we polish off the news? It was kind of a slow news week. I had a hard time even getting these together. But that actually does it for the news. And I've got to, this, this weekend's got to be a catch-up weekend for me because I feel so far behind with the websites and everything else. I've just been working crazy. And then i got to fly. I'm like flying every week the next several weeks in and out. So next Now, do you four, have tomorrow off? I do have tomorrow off. There was a, I was supposed to, on Tuesday, fly in and fly out and do a meeting all in the same day. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to have them split that up. So I'll be gone a little longer. But I just don't like those fly-in and fly-out meetings. Because I feel like if for some reason I get delayed or the weather gets bad, I'm never going to make it. So... Uh, and I don't think I didn't get. Any, have you gotten any diving in recently, Jim? I'm catching about every third word. Oh, that's probably because I was probably saying every third word. I was asking if you had any diving in. No, I have not been. I've been fighting a sinus infection and just haven't gotten wet. Was working in the yard, and this past weekend was a travel weekend to get to New Jersey. Not really planning any diving while I'm here because I got the sinus infection. Oh, yeah. I'll probably stick my feet in the ocean tomorrow. I can't be this close and not get some salt between my toes. Yeah, you've got to touch. Those are some of the worst trips. Is when I'm out on either coast and. I can, yeah, in the plane you'll see the water, but you don't get to go and, and touch it. So, yeah, and I haven't gotten any diving yeah, in. we're going to go check out some areas that got hit by the storm. Yes. Uh, did, you, did you have any of your family uh, affected by the storm? They, uh, one of my in-laws was, uh, their neighborhood got hit pretty hard, but their house was okay. And then we had some friends whose houses got a little bit of water damage, but nothing too severe. So we're going to go. Check out some area tomorrow, take some video, and you know, maybe we'll have some, some visuals to share for next weekend of up close and personal from uh, the Jersey Shore. Hopefully everybody in Jersey had a had a good holiday, and I know some of them are without homes right now. I was talking yep. to uh, one of the gentlemen at work, and he grew up there on the Jersey Shore, and his parents still lived there. They'd lived there their whole entire life in the same house, and the house... Um, uh, they uh, there wasn't necessarily a house. It was kind of like a condo where they were living now. And they were on the top floor, and the insurance company is not wanting to give them any claim because they said that since they were on the top floor, they, they weren't flooded. But you know, the building's essentially destroyed. Well, I was hearing information about people who uh, 
you know, the, the water came up about four feet into the kitchen, flooded the kitchen. Uh-huh. So the insurance company replaced the lower cabinets, but not the uppers. Oh, yeah. That just shows that you got to get in with your insurance agency before disaster happens and try and nail them down on what they will and will not cover. So that's yeah, it's never any fun. Not 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 anything you want to have to go through. A lot to be said for yeah. yeah. A lot to be said for you know dealing with reputable companies that may charge a little more, but understand yeah. um, full repair or replacement guarantee or you know gee yeah we're going to match up some ten year old cabinets with uh, what's in the market today and buy upwards and lowers match right yeah. Yeah, it's the difference between a, a bargain and not so much of a bargain. But on the diving, I didn't get any in this last week, but I have been working on gear. I did get my regulator service, so uh, that's back. And I did buy a set of fins. I haven't gotten them that yet. They're from my local long-distance dive center. So hopefully they come in tomorrow because we've got a turkey dive on Saturday. So we're going di- to be diving at the Marmont Street ramp in Niles. So that was the place that uh, we had taken some of the Ohio gentlemen and we're hoping for some good conditions. We haven't had really much rain, a lot of heavy frost, a little sprinkling. So I'm anticipating that the current's going to be low. The visibility should be fairly decent. Also, I'm going to be doing some uh, Franken uh, wetsuit surgery on my wetsuit. I've got a blowout in the uh, left calf that I've got, or uh, thigh, that I need to patch up. And I got a few holes in some of my three-finger gloves, so those are going to get some attention tomorrow. And then hopefully get some skills back. Boy, it's been three weeks since a dive. Uh, I feel like I should be, you know, not know where my inflator is. Well, I wish it had only been three weeks since a dive. It's been much longer than that for me, so. Well, we, we had our mud club meeting this week, and Mac, who had been saying he was definitely going to get a dive in, didn't seem so confident, so we'll have to see. It sounded like he was ready, but his wife wasn't giving him the green light. Oh. So, uh. I'm still hoping we get to see uh, that, that fancy drive. So how did the elections turn out? The elections? Oh, you didn't hear? How did the elections come out? Well, I was—I didn't realize that you were running for president, but you know, I guess I—I I, I figured somebody would have let you know that you—you had won the president. See, I thought it was kind of unusual that you were going to do both the preserve and the club. Hello, you there? Right. <laughs> no, we right. Kept, we kept the same officers from from last year. So Bob's going to do a second term as president. Uh, Don is going to be vice president. Uh, Treasurer's the same. Aaron, <laughs> I'll just defer to you and appoint you as acting. <laughs> yeah, that would be how it goes. <laughs> so, gosh, I need to. Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, well, in the chat room, they're talking about gear since we got them on that topic. And hopefully next week we're going to have something on Dima. Uh, I've kind of heard Dima wasn't much of a show, but yeah, you know, it's that's for people who didn't go. So I'm hoping to talk to some people who went and see if they enjoyed it, uh, see if there's any, what they what their impressions of the show are, and if there's anything new and exciting. But that first day is actually, I think, more announcements the day before than the day of the show. So I don't think there was anything groundbreaking that was released. But sometimes that's not necessarily what the shows are for. I think I think the shows are for breaking in a good liver. So hopefully we'll get some good dives in this weekend, um, at least get wet, make sure the gear doesn't completely dry out. Well, hopefully you guys can get some good photos of that uh, one item that uh, has been searched for and now finally located and people have talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We'll use that as a teaser for next week's show to give us a dive report and post some videos. How about that? Yeah, that'd be good. Hopefully somebody remembers to bring some camera gear. So maybe I'll, But I think we've got... Uh, we usually have good turnout for the, the, the turkey dive. So I think most of the club members are going to be coming. I don't know if we got anybody coming from outside of town, but 
should be should be a nice a nice dive. And then if I get to posting stuff on the website, you'll want to check that out at scubaobsessed.com. Also on the Facebook, we've got a little bit going on uh, at facebook.com forward slash scubaobsessed. Uh, it's kind of a slow time of year for me this time of year. Uh, you know, Black Friday sales, if you're anywhere out tomorrow, Friday, and probably by the time you read this, it's past then. But make sure you go into your dive shops. I know a lot of the local dive shops are using this opportunity to uh, clear out some older... You need to hear what some other divers are doing. Anybody in the chat room? Anybody in the chat room uh, going and doing any diving this weekend? No, they got a big conversation going on. If you you, you got to hit the chat room because they've got all sorts of great conversations going on. They're talking about undergarments, talking about... Uh, okay, yeah. They're, oh, they're, uh, some are going to go boa this weekend, which should be pretty de- decent. But a lot of conversation going on in gear, so it must be uh, that Black Friday excitement. So make sure you get in your your local dive shops, check out what they've got. Uh, they'd love to see you this time of year. Plus, you could pick up pick up some Whoa. good deals and a dive stuff. Was that Jim? You there, Jim? Yep. Oh, okay, I thought you had said something. So don't hesitate to get into your local dive shops. Oh, I think I'm still connected. Jim may not be. So as soon as we get Jim back, we'll do that end of show ritual that we normally do. We'll make this a light show so everybody can get back to their, their digestion. So all we get Jim connected is, uh, let's see, anybody have anything else that they want to talk about? Anybody in the chat room? Uh, we're going to be starting hitting the show season, so keep an eye out. I'm hoping to get to many of the dive shows this year. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get to Our World Underwater, planning on Ford Seahorses. I might even get up to the Ghost Ships, which I haven't been, been up to yet, but that should be an excellent show. So we'll also put some uh, dates posted on the website you back yeah back wow that is unusual normally it will kill the connection and for some reason that didn't happen so maybe skype has uh fixed their fun so do you have anything else you want to plug before we get to that time of the show no i don't just uh hopefully everybody will get out and get wet the water's not hard yet so oh, now i'll just chance to get some diving in before you can't once the ice rolls over. I mean, some divers still can. Many divers still do. But uh, if you're not checked out in ice yet, that's something uh, you don't want to do unless you're doing it with some people who know what they're doing. Certainly. Yeah, that's one of those things you want to experiment with. while you can. Yeah, I had a I had a nightmare a week or so ago where we were doing an ice dive, but it wasn't a, it was an ice dive in a river and the current was strong. So, yeah, that was not a, let's, let's say I'm, I'm glad I woke up. So That you want, could present a little bit of a problem. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you definitely want to get the training. There's all sorts of bad that can happen. So does that mean we're getting close to that time? We are. We are. Everybody in the chat room is starting to get a little concerned. So that's how we know we've we've really gotten to that point. Okay. I so, guess that's it. Let's have it. Okay. A scuba diver from the U.S. was in L- a London pub on a Saturday night. He had a few drinks. He noticed two very large women by the bar. They both had strong accents, so he asked, Hey, what are you two ladies from Scotland? One of them turned to the other and screamed, It's whales, you idiot. So he immediately apologized and said, Sorry, are you two whales from Scotland? Yeah, makes an obvious closing line. <laughs> so... Until next week, go out there and get what? Stay safe, and remember, those flying pigs were turned into bacon in the making of this show.
call recording has been completed.